Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. And um, yesterday, if you were with us in the middle of um, shooting this live stream, uh, we had a little small twister pass over. If you remember, the lights were flickering on and off, and then it just cut off at the end. And uh, we were in the middle of a storm, but um, you can see it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood today. So I'm glad you're with me. Um, the end of the story, Debbie, my director is talking in the middle of, of live streaming, and she's telling me we did put the end of it on her Facebook. So if you missed those last three points out of that last verse, you can pick them up there. Today, Psalm 131, you get your copy of God's Word, and um, go ahead and turn there to this Psalm of Ascent. We're in the Psalms of Ascent. This one is one of the four that uh, happens to be written by David. And let me tell you something. It, it's got David all over it. It sounds just like David. Um, let me begin with uh, a couple of illustrations to set up what you're going to see in verse 1. Really what you see in this whole um, psalm here. And the psalm is this, the idea, the central idea is the blessedness of humility. Do you know that there are 93 million, 93 million selfies posted every single day? Every day. They say that there is a picture posted on um, Instagram every second. Uh, it, it's unreal. Do you know Neil Armstrong didn't take but five pictures when he was on the moon. Uh, but we'll take five pictures of our dessert every evening. In fact, about 15% of the people uh, that take pictures take about 30 selfies a day. Uh, the National Medical Association of Plastic Surgeons say that about a third of their patients now are coming in with cell phones and showing them the pictures of how they look on selfies, wanting to improve the way they look on social media. Uh, there's a doctor, an orthopedist by the name of Dr. Levi Harrison, who says that there is a new phenomenon now called um, uh, selfie wrist. And it is because people are hyperextending their wrists like this to take pictures of themselves and it's creating a problem like corporal tunnel syndrome. We have an entire generation that is absolutely obsessed with self. Um, they're just absorbed with their self. James, twice in his little epistle, warns about this self, uh, selfish ambition, this self-centeredness in life. Of course, there's so much through the Word of God that warns about that. Uh, just to give you a little uh, insight and a little uh, humor here, I grew up with I Love Lucy. The interesting thing is that back in the early 50s when Desi and Lucy started I Love Lucy, they were looking for somebody to pay, play Ethel Mertz. And they found him. Desi found uh, Vivian Vance to play this role. And they were just convinced she was the right one. But now Lucy was extremely jealous of her. Uh, Vivian was only two years older than Lucy, and this was a role that 
uh, needed somebody to be way older than Lucy and Desi. Uh, so what they did was they went out and they found William Frawley, who was 30 years older uh, than Vivian Vance, to make her appear as if she were as old as William Frawley was. Beyond that, Lucy had put in Vivian Vance's contract that Vivian could never weigh less than Lucy. Uh, that's just this virus that we have called the virus of pride. Now, let me take you to this psalm, Psalm 131, and I want you to listen because this, this is so David. David writes in Psalm 131, verse 1, these words, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Now, let me just stop with that because what he's saying is this, is God, I've not lifted. I've not lifted my heart up. In other words, I've not been eaten up with pride. Now, that's, a, that's the opposite right there of what you read. In fact, let me give you a couple of verses. If you go to Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, where it really is speaking of the fall of the king of Tyre, and many people believe, many theologians believe that this is a reference to Lucifer, Listen to what he says. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. He says that was what your downfall was right there. If you go over to Daniel chapter 5, do you remember the feast of Belshazzar? Belshazzar, who happened to be the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he comes to the throne and he throws this huge banquet and uh, you know what happens the hand of God appears and writes on the wall and they bring Daniel in to say, can you interpret that? And Daniel comes in and he says, O king, the most high God granted sovereignty, sovereignty, grandeur, glory, and majesty to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, your father. And he says, because of the grandeur which was bestowed on him, all the people and nations and men of every language feared and trembled before him. Whomever he wished, he killed, and whomever he wished, he spared alive. Whomever he wished, he elevated, and whomever he wished, he humbled. Now listen, but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit became so proud that he behaved arrogantly, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken away from him. That's what God did to Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, he goes out and he eats grass like a, like a cow, like a horse, like a wild animal. Well, Daniel is speaking to Belshazzar and he comes down in verse 22 of chapter five and he says, yet you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew this whole story about your dad. He says, you've been arrogant. Well, David said, I've not lifted up my heart. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Now I'm gonna take you back to when David was made king of all of Israel, finally. And uh, he defeated the Philistines who had bothered Israel for so many years through the whole reign of Saul. Uh, God gives him victory over the army of the Philistines. And it says in chapter 7 of 2 Samuel, it came about when the king lived in his house that the Lord had given him rest on every side. He'd become a tremendous success. 
He had subdued all the nations around him. He had expanded the empire. There was peace in his day. He consolidated the kingdom. David, this shepherd boy, had done all of this. And David comes and in his heart, he says, you know, why should I live in a house like this? When the ark of the covenant, when the ark of God is in a tent. And so David brought it up to Jerusalem. And then David said, I'm going to build God a house. Now, I want you to listen to what God says to him. Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pastures. You were nobody. You were out in the fields, David, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you've gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. I'll make you a great name like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will the wicked afflict them anymore as formerly. And he goes through all of this and he comes down and he says, your house and your kingdom, David shall endure before me forever and your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and all the vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Now, I want you to listen to David. Now, David's a king. David has subdued all of these enemies. David, David is becoming extremely wealthy. All the nations of the Middle East now are coming to David because of his power. And then David said to God, listen, then David, the king went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, who am I? Oh God. And what is my house that you have brought me this far? That was the heart of David. He was humble. He said, Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Now, look at the second part of verse one. I don't occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Now, I'm going to take you to another passage. I'm going to take you to 1 Samuel. Chapter 18, verse 30, David has killed Goliath. He's proven himself as a young boy to be a great warrior. Saul has taken him uh, back to his palace, and he has given David a significant position of leading the army of Israel. And listen to verse 30, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 30. Then the commanders of the Philistines went out to battle and it happened as often as they went out that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So his name was highly esteemed. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. That's the word of God. He comes here and he sets aside. He said, I renounce pride. I renounce all this ambition, this self-seeking, this self-aggrandizement. I set all of that aside. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Have you ever seen and watched people? In I can remember, and you know, Sadly, for the truth is, a lot of pastors uh, are, are this way. I, I remember standing 
not far from a airline counter. And I heard he was a friend of mine. I, he's a friend of mine now. And I heard him say to a person behind the airline counter, he was arguing about something to do with getting on a flight or getting a seat or something. And I heard him make the statement and the, guy, and the guys on television. And he said this, he says, do you not know who I am? Well, let me move on. Verse two, he comes to verse two and he's going to talk about this self-discipline. Now look, these are active verbs right here. And I want you to look at this uh, personal pronoun. It's the first person, personal pronoun, but I have calmed. That word, by the way, means level. If you look it up, you can say, I've leveled myself out. I have leveled myself out and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now, David comes and David says this, I did this to myself. Nobody had to come and do this, but I did this to myself. I disciplined myself and I leveled myself out and I quieted my soul and I became like a weaned child with its mother. In other words, David said this, I grew up. I grew up. Um, a child, when a child was weaned, the reference there doesn't mean that the child's no longer breastfeeding. It means far more than that. It means that the child is disciplined now, that the child can be in a crowd and doesn't have to be the center of attention. We've all seen children that way. And we've all seen adults that have grown up or that have um, aged, but they've never grown up and they still have to be the center of attention. They've got to, um, they've got to have everybody see They've got to be the bride at every wedding. They've got to be the corpse at every funeral. You've seen children that way who are always, they're noisy, they're loud, they're running in, they're out, they're hollering, they're interrupting. Uh, they're constantly drawing attention to themselves. David said, I'm not that way now. I've grown up. Boy, I want to tell you something. That's something that we desperately need to hear in our day. Uh, because that is a sign of out of control pride. I, I, I've got to have all the attention. I've got to be the smartest guy in the room. Uh, I've got to be the most spiritual guy in the room. I see that a lot. I, I've got to be uh, the brightest person in the room. I've got to be the most popular person in the room. And David comes and he says, listen, I, I've disciplined myself to where I'm not seeking all this attention for me. Uh, I, I think that if you brought David back today and he saw a lot of what goes on in church, he would simply look at us and he would say, you need to grow up. You really do. You need to stop drawing all this attention to self. And you need to bow yourself before the Lord and say, oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Well, let me get to the third thing that he says here, and it's this, O Israel, hope in the Lord. I was reading earlier this morning um, something by C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis was talking about this whole thing of humility. Humility is not denying that you have gifts. That's not humility. You know, it's not this self-flagellation. It's not this self-beat-self-up. Um, That's not humility. Um, 
It's not saying, well, I don't have any gifts and I don't have any, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do the other. You know, it's recognizing that you do have gifts, but they are given to you by God. And that really, apart from God, you wouldn't have the gift. And apart from God, you wouldn't know how to operate the gift. You wouldn't know how to use the gift. So humility is not all this, this self-deprivation. It's, it's not that. But it is in humility, understanding that what I have, my giftedness, my talent is from God. There's nothing wrong with having ambition. Um, there's nothing wrong with uh, having the right ambition. And that's what David is talking about here. He's saying, oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. He said, uh, let this be your ambition. Paul talks about the right ambition. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, my ambition is to be pleasing to God. Now that's the right ambition. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 17, he talks about those who out of a selfish ambition preach Christ. He says, I don't want to preach Christ out of a selfish ambition, but out of the right motive. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, Paul comes and he says, let it be your ambition to lead a quiet life. In other words, have the right ambition, Christian. Live with the right ambition. Hope in the Lord. That should be our ambition in life. That my faith, my hope, who I am, what I have is all surrendered to the Lord. Now they sang this going up to Jerusalem. And it was a word about, I have put pride aside and I have disciplined myself uh, before the Lord and that my ambition is this in life, what Paul said, to be pleasing to God. You want a great illustration of this? Season two, Bailey's Bad Boy, Bill Bixby, is the guest on the Andy Griffith Show. And he is the 19-year-old Ronald Bailey who is spoiled. He stopped by Andy and Barney because he swide, uh, sideswiped uh, old Fletch's truck. And um, Andy is pretty angry with him, and he takes him and he puts him in jail and the boy says, do you know who my daddy is? He says, you're, you're going to get straightened out in this. And the whole episode is about how immature that boy is and how mature Opie is. You remember, Opie sits down and he tells his dad, dad, he said, I, I broke the window on the neighbor's back door. And Andy looks at him and he says, okay. He says, you're going to pay for that out of your allowance. And uh, Barney comes out with Aunt B, and they're going to make ice cream, and Opie runs off. And uh, Ronald Bailey looks at Andy, and he says, uh, why don't you help the boy out? And Andy says, no. He says, I've got to teach that boy to stand on his own two feet. Well, by the end of the episode, Ronald Bailey had watched all of this. His dad's lawyer comes to bail him out. And bail him out, he does, because they've paid old Fletch off. They bought him a new truck. And uh, Ronald stays in the jail and he says, no, he said it didn't happen that way. And the lawyer says, don't say anything, boy. Don't say anything. And Ronald says, no, he said, uh, it didn't happen like that. 
And the lawyer says, I don't understand. Why, why are you saying this? And Andy says, as he looks at him, well, let's just say that he broke a window and he wants to stand on his own two feet. Sometimes we as Christians need to hear the word from God. We need to mature up. That is a step up in the Psalms of Ascent. And it's a good word for all of us about pride in life. I'll see you tomorrow.